Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. This is Richard Gearhart. And Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. And Passage to Profit, we're all about the creativity, energy, and excitement that comes from starting your own business. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yes, people just like our listeners. People who are excited about taking a leap of faith and starting their own business. With so many tools and opportunities, there's never been a better time to start your own project. Get inspired by listening to Passage to Profit right here on WOR 710. Today, we're going to be talking about entrepreneurial education with our special guest this evening being Dennis Bone. After our discussion with Dennis, we'll be hearing from our three pitch contestants. Dennis Bone is the director of the Mimi and Edwin Feliciano Center for Entrepreneurship at Montclair State University. The center has created an entrepreneurial ecosystem consisting of entrepreneurs, investors, professional service providers, which has been leveraged to support the entrepreneurial education model. He is the former president and CEO of Verizon New Jersey, Inc., where he served in that capacity for more than a dozen years. He also serves on the board for the New Jersey Chamber of Commerce, the New Jersey Institute of Technology, the Heydrich Center for Workforce Development, and the New Jersey Center for Teaching and Learning. Dennis holds a top-secret federal government clearance and has been awarded four honorary doctorates. So, welcome, Dennis. Hey, it's great to be here, Richard. So, can you tell me, you started the Entrepreneurial Center in January of 2013. Can you tell us what it does? Well, the good thing is I had a clean sheet of paper, a little bit of money, and we or I got to uh, pretty much uh, set the DNA for the center on what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. That was the beauty of the clean sheet of paper. So I looked around at other universities, like why is Babson always the number one university in this country on their entrepreneurship programs and many other uh, really good schools. And for me, it became very clear that the DNA of our center would be all experiential. You know, this is not in the classroom. You can't learn entrepreneurship through sitting in a classroom. You have to get out. You have to find your customers. Another part of the DNA was the diversity bonus. Montclair is a very diverse university, and the power of diversity in, in entrepreneurial teams is, is really profound. You know, when I, I, I get the backgrounds or we get the backgrounds of the different students, uh, whether they be uh, race, ethnicity, or, you know, whatever they're studying. Also, making it realistic in pitching at the end of the year for very large prizes. This past year, our top prize was $50,000. Wow, that's big for uh, entrepreneurial contests, especially at the academic level, right? Yeah, and, and, but we wanted to make it a realistic experience for the students to actually live it. And then we also have a focus on women entrepreneurs because Montclair State University is around 65% uh, female students. Wow, wow. Yes, can I say something here? Sure, absolutely. So... Leave it to a white male to start the Women's Week, (laughs) (laughs) Women's Entrepreneur Week, right? But but you have done an amazing job with that. And I remember when it started in 2014, I think I went to the first one, and it was fairly well attended. And I was like this, and very good speakers. I was like, this is really cool. Well, I have to say, I went last week, and it's in the middle of October every year, and I, I'm glad I got there early because it was standing room only in the room. It was packed. And the speakers, again, were very good, excellent speakers. And there was a lot of great networking. But you also had a special 
something happen this year with your outreach to other universities. We had 169 universities around the world, I think in 32 countries and 46 states, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, who did a program around women entrepreneurs in their universities all around the world. That's fantastic. And so how, how did you all communicate and interact during this process? We set up a website and we did a lot of outreach. Universities are very diverse in where people come from and where they've taught. So we, uh, you know, we pinged all the faculty and, and, you know, one by one, we, you know, made contacts with uh, folks all around the world. That's great. That's great. And so do you focus on this mostly just during Women's Week or does it happen year round? Well, we have programming for women entrepreneurs, but by the way, the programming for uh, women entrepreneurs is also very valuable to uh, men entrepreneurs, but only the third week of October is Women's Entrepreneurship Week, but I think we have an event in November actually also uh, for women coming up. That's great. So you'll have it next October too, so yes, I'll go to it again. We sponsor the event, and it is a wonderful event, but... That's just one of many things that you're doing. The other thing, and this is really what's near and dear to my heart, is you put together the most awesome 3D printing lab. Can you talk about that? Yes, we created something called the Mix Lab, M-I-X, and that's Making and Innovating for X. And it really is the place where we teach innovation skills. So right now we're up to 50-some 3D printers and laser cutters and, uh, and lots of other making things. Uh, but we do rapid prototyping. So someone will come in with an idea or a student will come in with an idea or a team of students with uh, their ideas and they design it and they print it and then they continue to work on it until it's something that's really special. So uh, magic happens in the Mix Lab. For our audience members who aren't familiar with 3D printing, can you tell us a little bit about it? You know, now 3D printing, uh, you can print in different materials and it's all uh, designed, you know, there's software, free software that's online and it's really powerful software. We have what's called additive printers, 3D printers that, uh, that print by uh, uh, filament being laid down in little tiny thin strips over and over and over again. We have laser printers where actually uh, prints come up out of a bed of rosin through uh, the use of lasers. So it's uh, lots of different things here. It's very cool to walk into that room. I got to say, Dennis gave me a tour a few months ago. You walk in and you're like in a sci-fi movie almost, right? <laughs> in the middle of the room, there's all these robots Starship working. Montclair, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And so... Really, students from any major at the university have access to these facilities, right? Absolutely, and it's designed that way because that's the diversity bonus. That's really awesome. So in your opinion, what does a well-rounded entrepreneur education look like? What classes should somebody consider taking, and what experiences do you think they should have? Well, first of all, they need to develop what we call an entrepreneurial mindset, they need to really understand what it's like to be an entrepreneur. They may have really good ideas, but they may not be comfortable engaging with potential customers or trying to find the rest of the team or, or whatever it is that entrepreneurs do when they start up their company. But we also bring in lots of guest entrepreneurs and have them relate their stories about how they started and how they failed and when people were encouraging them to drop their idea and get back to kind of a normal uh, job kind of thing. They hear those stories over and over and developing that mindset so that they can see themselves in the world, see themselves as an entrepreneur, and really know that it's going to be really tough at times, but persistence is you know, a very strong value there. You came from big corporate world, and how would you contrast sort of the corporate mindset 
with the entrepreneurial mindset? Within corporations, we have entrepreneurship. And if you have a company that is the business model is being challenged, you certainly need to be able to step back and look at that business model, understand how the world is changing or, or how the business model needs to change, and then redefine yourself. So it's at Verizon. It was alive and well. We had to change our business model constantly. That doesn't surprise me. I have a question for you that kind of relates to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You you want better cell phone (laughs) (laughs) So I did grow up in kind of an entrepreneurial family. My grandparents had a stall at the Pike Place Market in Seattle, and they would take me down there Saturday mornings. It was kind of fun. But I majored in chemistry. So if I were majoring in chemistry today at Montclair, of course, we didn't have an entrepreneurial program at my school. So what kind of things would I do to incorporate the entrepreneurial program into my chemistry degree? We offer several certificates. We have an entrepreneurship, this uh, what I call the real-life entrepreneurial journey, where you get out and actually create a product or service and test it and validate it and then pitch it. That's a nine-credit certificate. So you can add that to your chemistry degree and put that on your resume. We also have a nine-credit certificate around innovation that takes place in the Mix Lab, which is how to use blockages and other things to come up with really creative ideas to very tough problems. Or you can get a minor in entrepreneurship as well. Um, We have an 18-credit minor, and we have lots of science students in that minor. And uh, so they're getting their degree in chemistry and a minor in entrepreneurship. Wow, that would have been so much fun. Just one more question. Which major has the most people in your entrepreneurial program? Well, it's probably a tie between the School of Business, uh, the Fleecander School of Business, and the College of the Arts. We have just a ton of art students who just gravitate to our program and our center, and they're all over the Mix Lab. That's great. So we're here with Dennis Bone. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest today, Dennis Bone, who is the director of the Mimi and Edwin Feliciano Center for Entrepreneurship at Montclair State University. So Dennis, we were just talking a little bit during our break. You said you haven't had any breakout success people. You've only been around for five years. So what successes have you had with this? We've had several teams who uh, have gotten patents, who have developed a, a product. Very important. Patents are very important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. And your firm's been very helpful on on the uh, intellectual property and the patent side of things. But yeah, we've had students who've launched, who've made money, but we have not had what I would call the real breakout success, you know, for a company that gets its product or service in all the big box stores around the country and things like that. So but that's coming. That's coming. <laughs> yes. Well, it, five years is not long to, for any new venture. So yeah, I, and I just want to point out, we had one of our clients who I, I won't mention his name, but he had a new product for pumps. And he was one of our first clients. He came to us uh, probably back in 2006, 2007. And uh, I just got a phone call from him the other day. And he finally has hit it big. He's got a contract with, believe it or not, Verizon. um, And also uh, they're working on one with Con Ed. And they're going to be equipping all the the utility trucks with these pumps that pump water out of ground holes. And it's turning out to be a phenomenal success for him. But it took 10 years of really dogged determination. And he had a great idea. Um, he was actually from Ecuador, so uh, English was not his first language. But he really became a real success in the sense now that his company is up and thriving and it's getting bigger all the time. But sometimes it takes that long before you realize all of the rewards from the effort that you put in, right? And we call that the power of persistence. So when you're talking about entrepreneurs and your guests are sharing real-life experiences – you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen overnight, right? And so you have to go with the punches, right? And you have to be able to weather the tough storms. Yeah, and, and another challenge that universities have is, uh, you know, there could be three or four students who come together, they form a team, they come up with a really innovative idea, they get a patent, and, and then they graduate, and one gets a job in finance here, and one, you know, goes someplace else. And, uh, and sometimes those good ideas just, uh, you know, don't follow them. Right. And so I would imagine in an academic setting that, that there would be, you know, particular susceptibility to that kind of, you know, disassociation. People go their separate ways. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that we increased the amount of money through our pitch competition. Uh, for Like I said, our top prize is $50,000. 10000 of that or 20% goes to the team. They can do with it whatever they want. But in this case, the other 40000 gets pumped back into the business. So it's, uh, it's really more of an accelerator model. It really is. So let's say I wasn't working full-time in a law firm doing marketing and doing a radio show and (laughs) everything I'm doing, but I actually have a lot of ideas all the time. And I have a couple now that I would love to make into businesses, but you know, I'm not going to do it. But if I was going to do it and I'm not going to be like a 20 year old going to Montclair, but I wanted to go to Montclair because I think your program has value And I think it also has some business connections that Mm -hmm. I might not get in some of these free programs other places. Right. So what would you suggest someone in, like maybe in their mid-40s or something, who's looking for like their second act or something? Well, actually, we have a lot of folks who uh, come back to us who understand uh, what our program does and how valuable it is. Uh, We've had some 60 and uh, I believe 70-year-olds who've come back you know, they basically just register and become a student of the university and then sign up for uh, our nine credit certificate program. And then they, during that time, will have lived a real entrepreneurial experience. They will be exposed to a lot of entrepreneurs. And to your point about business connections and networking, we do that really well. We have our meetup system right now is uh, just about 5,000 folks. Wow. And the people that you get to present at your meetups in like Women's Week are very high-level entrepreneurs and very well-respected and really have a lot of good wisdom to share. So I think that helps too. You know what? It's really easy to ask a really busy entrepreneur, 
if they want to, in this case, Women's Entrepreneurship Week, if you want to come back and be inspirational to a very large audience of mostly women, they just fall over themselves usually to come and, ex- and do that experience. I love that, people giving back. Absolutely. As far as the curriculum, the nine credit certificate goes, what are the classes that are part of that? Do you get to select your own? The two certificate programs we have, they, they have the, the one in entrepreneurship is three uh, very specific uh, classes. One is the entrepreneurial mindset as the first class. Uh, the second class is all about your business model and how you uh, relate to customers and how you validate your products and services. And the third one is more toward uh, pitching and being confronted with investors and how do you do that? You know, how do you pitch and become successful in that world? But during that period of time, they're working on their their product and service as well. But those are generally the three courses. I'm very curious about the entrepreneurial mindset because I think we have a lot of listeners who are hearing our program and they're thinking, well, I have an idea. Can I make it work? Right? And do I have the right mindset? to move a project forward. How would a, somebody know whether they have an entrepreneurial mindset or is it something, a skill that can be learned? As I mentioned earlier, we do bring in lots of, of successful entrepreneurs into the program uh, nearly weekly to address the students and again to hear from them on their challenges. And, and so many of those stories where, you know, I failed three times over four or five years, I took a second mortgage out on my home, you know, but after a while, after really validating my product or service uh, with the right customers and I got my business model right, then it took off. That's what we try to have them really appreciate in that first class is uh, the entrepreneurial process, uh, the business model concept, Uh, validating with customers and all of those things. So if the fundamentals of the business are there, then you feel that the likelihood of success can be pretty high. Absolutely. A lot of people come in and say, I have this fantastic idea and I want to launch it. But that idea may not be validated in the marketplace. It may be validated in his or her head. You know, customer discovery and market validation is such a huge part of that. And if you're open and you really go and talk to all your customers, then you're probably going to do several pivots with your product or service because they may come up with a a way that uh, they would buy it or use it that you hadn't even thought of. So by pivot, you mean making a change to the product or the approach? Absolutely. And if anybody listened to our first broadcast with James Ledbetter, he said exactly the same thing. He's the editor-in-chief of Inc. Magazine and Inc.com. You have to start with a good idea, and it has to be something people want. I mean, I have had, I have a lot of ideas. As I said, I've had ideas where nobody wants it. So so you you don't want to sink a bunch of money into that. No, obviously not. But but she's had some very good ideas. So she had one for a backup camera on cars, like. 25 years ago. Oh, wow. And, yeah. yeah. We never did anything with <laughs> never... it. I had two little kids at the time. I was like, that's enough. <laughs> well, you're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt and Dennis Bone. And uh, how do entrepreneurs get on the show? You know, that's my favorite thing about this show. I say it every time. Anyone can pitch. You don't have to be a superstar. You don't have to know anyone. You don't have to know Dennis or somebody high level like that. You just have to have a great idea or business. And we hold our pitch auditions in New York City. In fact, we're having one tonight. We're in October. We try to do them every month. And if your pitch is right for us, you can go on the air. And you don't have to be in New York City to audition, but you do have to be here to do the show as we only tape in New York. 
and it's all paid for by our sponsors. The only thing that we ask of the pitchers is that they promote the show on their social media. And do you want to talk about the contest? Sure. After the pitches, you, our listeners, can Google Passage to Profit Show and find the page on GearHeartLaw.com and vote for your favorite pitch. You can vote for a week, but you only get to vote once. I just want to say here, right now, the voting for the show that aired last Sunday, as I said, we're in October, is going through the roof. We've got over 2,500 votes total. So get your friends to listen and vote. And if they miss the show, they can listen to the podcast to hear how wonderful you are. So just tell them to remember the name of the show by imagining walking down a long passageway with a pot of gold at the end, Passage to Profit. And may your passage be short and your profit be huge. (laughs) Joining us after the break will be our pitch contestants. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR, the voice of New York. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome back, entrepreneurs, and now we start the pitch competition. Each contestant will have a total of eight minutes to make their pitch. The first two minutes, they fly solo, and so for that time, describe their product and put it in the best possible light. The remaining time is for the Inquisition, where they'll be challenged by Richard, Elizabeth, and Dennis to describe their project in greater detail and convince the audience their project is the best. At the end of the program, our listeners will be directed to the Passage to Profit page on the Gearheart Law website, where our listeners can vote for the pitch they like best. So for our first pitch tonight, we have George Garcia with Wheat Paste. Thank you guys for having me today. I'm George Garcia, the CEO of an early stage startup called Wheat Paste, and I'm here to tell you how me and my team plan on making your community stronger than ever before. So here's the problem. Communities across the country are getting bullied from all angles. We see this in society, whether through vicious social media interactions or through the real-world siloing of community members who don't even bother to get to know their neighbors. But we're also seeing this bullying on the business side of things. Trillion-dollar names like Amazon making it so you don't even have to leave your house to buy yourself a whole new wardrobe, and digital advertising platforms that are so difficult to use, small business owners have no choice but to pay thousands to have someone else do their advertising. All in all, it's a really difficult time to be part of a community. So at Wheatpaste, we're building creative solutions to help alleviate some of these issues. Wheatpaste manifests itself in the form of a mobile app. This app brings you the best local deals, businesses, and events. Think about how many times you've navigated through multiple community calendars looking for something new on a Saturday night, but still ended up at the same old bar with the same old friends. Or how many times you grabbed a coffee at the closest McDonald's rather than the locally owned and operated coffee shop just a few blocks further. When Wheatpaste launches in January, you're going to be connected to these rich local experiences through a simple mobile app. We're bringing Wheatpaste to six New Jersey towns at launch. Randolph, Denville, and Morristown as one region, 
Montclair as another region, and Hoboken and Jersey City as the third. These towns were chosen because of their diverse demographics and settings. If we can make wheat paste work in these very different locales, we're confident that we can make it work anywhere. We're currently in the process of growing our team and gathering users and businesses for launch. You can visit Wheat Paste at www.wheatpaste.app. That's W-H-E-A-T-P-A-S-T-E dot app. And you can find us in the App Store in January. Thank you. I'm George Garcia, and Wheat Paste is the glue that holds your community together. Thank you, George. And I understand that you won the pitch competition at Montclair State University and got the 50 grand, right? Yes, we did. Cool. Yes, we Pretty did. cool. <laughs> did you Can know I there was a charge to be on the show? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that this is the time where people need to interact more personally and get together. And I'm just wondering, what do you envision? Like, what do you see? Do you see people flocking to coffee shops? Like, what, What's the real vision here? Yeah, we really definitely want to see people going back to the coffee shops and you know meeting new people and talking about the town that they love and they live in. And also we want to see them get more involved in their town at charity events, local government events, town hall meetings, stuff like that. Because these communities, like I said, they're really struggling. I, I'm actually a member of, of Randolph Township's Economic Development Committee, and we have a session at the beginning of every meeting that's open to the public. And then my time there, not one public member there. So, you know, if we can help these towns and these communities somehow, we're all for it. That's great. So how does one get involved? How do you sign up to be part of this community? And then what are the benefits of membership? When we launch in January, you're going to be able to download the Wheat Paste app on the App Store. And you're going to be able to uh, open the app and, and see your town and see the events and deals and businesses that are all around you. It's all location-based. It's not friend-based. And it's really just about what's going on and what you can interact with in terms of businesses, deals, and events. So it's not like a Facebook or MySpace or any kind of social networking. Correct. It's really just a way for you to see what's happening, and then you can decide whether you're going to go and, and show up and participate. Exactly. And, and we're hoping that a lot of these events are events that people didn't even know existed and that are ones that people would really enjoy going to. For example, we recently had um, on the anniversary of September 11th, uh, the VFW in town held a, a really nice ceremony. Nobody showed up except for the town government members. And we feel that if somebody knew about this, they would love to, but they just don't have the access to the information right now. So, George, tell me a little bit more about the app in terms of its functionality. I mean, if I'm the bakery in town and I'm on the app and I got you know, four dozen bagels left to sell at four o'clock. How would the app work in a situation like that? If you're the bakery in town and, and you have all these bagels to get out before the end of the day, you can log on to the Wheat Paste platform and you can post a, a local deal to push directly to your, your hyper local users. And they'll see that you have these bagels left and that you're running a deal right on their home screen. And you can go right there in the app, accept the deal Go to the bagel shop and get your bagels. I could see my teenagers doing that <laughs> when they were that age. <laughs> and it cleaned it out. <laughs> and how do you monetize this? So are you doing this more on a sort of a volunteer basis or are you planning to monetize this app? We're going to monetize this through having these local businesses. We're treating the deals as advertisements. So we're going to connect them with their local users and they're just going to pay a price for it, similar to the Facebook advertising model or the Google advertising model. We also feel that we have some different innovative advertising solutions for these small businesses where they're very simple to use 
and they get the job done. So we think that it'll be a really nice draw for these local businesses. Where did this idea come from? What inspired you to create this platform? This idea actually came out of one of our classes at the Entrepreneurship Center at Montclair State. It was uh, one of the classes that was refining our business model and pitching our business. And we got together with our team and we said, can we make a good product for local users and for communities? We saw the problems that were going on and it eventually evolved, evolved and We got to pitch day and we pitched and we were given the opportunity to move forward with this app. Well, congratulations. I hope you own all the intellectual property for your app, even though it was discovered at Montclair University. So So I wanted to just say something real quick. So I thought I saw when I was reading about you, which was very impressive, that someone like me who does marketing for a small business could design my own ad very easily and post it. So that to me is a huge thing because if I have to go find someone else to do it, it costs money, it takes time. If I have bagels at four o'clock, if I could just design a quick ad, throw it up there, boom. I love that part of it. Yeah, that's that's a huge aspect that we're really trying to hit on for the small businesses. We see that they're spending so much money to go have someone else advertise for them. We really want them to be able to advertise in-house. They know the business the best. They know their users the best. It's just a matter of getting them there. Why wheat paste? Where did that name come from? That's the question that we get asked the most. What it comes from is back in previous generations, you would see the signs, the flyers on walls and construction sites across the city and across towns of local events and businesses and and things going on. And the glue that they used on those flyers was called wheat paste. So that was how you used to find out about events and businesses. This is how you're going to find out about it again. Very clever. Love it. George Garcia with Wheat Paste. What is your website? One more time. www.wheatpaste.app. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guests tonight, Dennis Bone. And for our second presentation this evening, we're going to be featuring Barbara and Danielle Gomes with Cuticle Be Gone. You have two minutes. Go. Thank you. And thank you for inviting us and letting us share our enthusiasm about Cuticle Be Gone with you. Part of our logo of Cuticle Be Gone is the cuticle scissors with the circle and a line through it because you should never, ever cut your cuticles. They're there to protect our nails, to keep us from getting a fungus infection, and they're there for the safety of the nail. So we have come up with Cuticle Be Gone, which will safely push the cuticle back, and then the nail wall the dry skin you get will remove it, and at the very top where you get those awful hangnails, it will smooth that skin down completely. When you cut a hangnail, outside of being very difficult to cut it yourself, 
it leaves little red edges that are rough. And they come back within an hour or two. So with Cuticle Be Gone, it's very smooth and left. So I became interested in doing Cuticle Be Gone about 30 years ago when my mother, who had breast cancer, had a mastectomy and had a lymphedema arm, which was very, very prone to infection. We could not even cut her nails because if she got a nip, even a pinprick, she would have an infection and be on antibiotics for six weeks. So I used to file her nails, and then I would file the cuticles, but I'd have to find the perfect file, do it very gently, and it would destroy the nail part of it. So with Cuticle Be Gone, it's the perfect shape. It's rounded. It's smooth on one side, does not damage the nail, but smooths the skin down. So this was in the back of my mind, and I didn't do anything. I had my children, and I would take the scissors and try to cut those hangnails, which was awful. And my grandchildren came along, and I was doing the same thing. And I thought, well, I better develop this now, or it will be never. So we are so excited to bring everybody Cuticle Be Gone, and everybody can enjoy the beautiful cuticles and nails you always wanted. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's a great, great story. <laughs> oh, I love it, because if you look at my nails, I don't go get manicures because my skin is too sensitive for the chemicals that they use. But I need something like that because the hangnails are really horrible. They really hurt bad. And I don't can't use those little scissors, really. I mean, I don't have very good dexterity. Well, <laughs> it's hard to do, believe me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I, I think this is a great, great product. Do you have a price point for it, Danielle? We're not ready to release our exact price point yet because we're in the manufacturing process and due to new potential taxes, we're not sure exactly what manufacturing is going to cost us. But we do have two versions, a stainless still that you can disinfect and then we'll have a more affordable, more disposable version. So our main goal is to make it affordable and to have it in drugstores and readily available for everyone. We have one for your toes also. (gasps) So that is where... Is that a separate tool? No, no, no. no. It's going to be a wider end that will work wonderful on your toes. Awesome. Well, that's that's great. So... How do you plan to market this and get the word out about your product? Right now, we have our website, which we've just launched. It's www.cuticlebegone.com. And that's all one word. So we'll start putting more information to come on there and as well as social media. And we're just going to do it very organically, send out to different influencers, let them introduce it online, let them try it out. And we're hoping that just being able to have beautiful manicured nails without needing to go to a nail salon or damaging your nails by cutting your cuticles, the word will spread very organically. So I heard about the the two models, the stainless steel model. So it looks like there's going to be some uh, serious manufacturing at some point. So where do you stand in your manufacturing strategy? It started out, we wanted to do everything in the United States. But when we came upon a file that was very, had to be very specific, a laser file, we could not find anybody here. So we had to go to Asia. So if anybody out there knows anybody in the States who does a wonderful laser file, we would love to because we really wanted to keep every 
affecting all production in the United States? Well, I think it's a great product for everybody. Do you have a specific market in mind? I think men can use this too. I think it's going to be for the whole family. I mean, actually, the men in our family have the worst hangnails of anybody. <laughs> they, do not have, they won't even put lotion on them. So we're really hoping to Stocking get them really, everybody. Yeah. really involved in it. I also have two young boys that are, I think they live in the dirt, and they get hangnails constantly. And every time I go to cut them, they jerk their hand back. So it's really perfect for the whole family moms, dads, grandparents, and even kids. Do you want to describe what it looks like? It has two ends. It has the body where you hold, and then it has like a half moon, which one side will be smooth and one side will have the file. So the file will go along the smooth end, will go along your nail bed, and the different ends will have different sizes. So one end will be smaller for like the smaller nails are for children's. The bigger one will be if you want to use it on your thumb or your toes. And like she said, we'll have a stainless. And we're also trying to maybe where these, uh, we can have different heads and they can be changed. Or when the stainless head file goes bad, you just have to get the head part. You will not have to order a complete file. Oh, that's really And then great. we will have the disposable ones, which will be very affordable. Kind of like the razors where you can switch the yes. heads out. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's yes. really great. So I must have been looking at the grip part in the middle then when I looked at your figures for your patent. So uh, that sounds like it's really versatile. And are you making just one size of the instrument itself right now? Or, I mean, of the product itself right now? Or are you going to make like super big ones for people that are real big or well I actually (laughs) those jumbo cuticles (laughs) have you you ever seen a basketball player's hands (laughs) well well they'll probably use the nail the toe one (laughs) I think we're covered yes well what about nail salons I mean is that oh yes that that, that, that would be like a almost a target market right yes that will definitely be a target uh, market and we eventually want to do where it's a cuticle begone manicure pedicure. No scissors, no chemicals, just the cuticle begone tool used. So uh, you mentioned that you just uh, launched your website. Congratulations on that. I'm just wondering, you know, what are your thoughts and plans for the pathway you're going to use to, you know, go from your website? I, I heard you uh, say that uh, it's just going to be by uh, referrals and things like that. But I would think that, you know, your ultimate strategy is to get this, you know, into the drugstores, into the Walmarts, and, and into the big box stores. So what's your pathway for that? I know that the Gerhards have lots of ideas and lots, <laughs> lots, lots of people that can come up with ideas for us. And just, just go ahead and say it on the radio, too. I mean. <laughs> well, I do want to say when you pitch on this program, we have three people pitch. So somebody who's looking for a community will go to vote for that pitch, and they'll see the nail thing, and they'll go, oh, that looks pretty cool. What is that? Maybe I should get one for my friend or whatever. So I feel like there's a lot of cross-pollinization just by being on the show and everybody driving their separate social media channels into the same place where all three products are. And I think that's kind of happening with the people that we have on there right now this week. It's a great opportunity for any entrepreneur who wants to get their product out there and known. 
And so, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time for Cuticle Be Gone, but I want to thank Danielle and Barbara for joining us this evening. And how can they find you one more time? Well, remember, for a more beautiful cuticle, toss the scissors and visit www.cuticlebegone.com. But that's B without the E, right? Right. Cuticle Be Gone, just the letter B, gone, G-O-N-E. That's great. Well, thank you very much for your presentation. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt on iHeartRadio with Passage to Profit. WOR 710, the voice of New York. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest, Dennis Bone. And we have come to our last pitch. Last but certainly not least, I would like to introduce Kevin Ansari with Parland.com. Hi, my name is Kevin Ansari, and thanks for having me. I'm the founder of Parland. Uh, Parland is a mortgage shopping tool that helps you find the lowest interest rate anonymously on a single click. Let's say you're shopping for bread, but you have no idea what it costs. You go to the store, depending on which cashier you go through, you have to pay a different price. And each cashier wants to pull your credit to tell you that price and is trying to convince you to go through them. That's exactly how mortgage shopping works today. Imagine 400,000 cashiers with different rates. How are you gonna shop them all? Government study shows that only a quarter of borrowers actually shop for a mortgage. They use sites like LendingTree, Zillow, Bankrate, and compare four lenders, four out of 400,000. No wonder the average person leaves $30,000 on the table when they shop for a mortgage. Parland solves this problem by first calculating your fair rate. If you don't know your, the rate you deserve, how are you going to even start shopping? It then uses data to search thousands of loan officers across the U.S. and find you the one that will give you that rate. So think of us as Kelly's Blue Book meets Kayak for Mortgages. It connects you to them anonymously so your credit isn't destroyed and you're not getting harassed by salespeople for the next six months. As we say at Parland, don't get screwed mortgage shopping. <laughs> well, and this one thing that you told us during the pitch audition in New York that just blew my mind was that you can go to the same bank, two different loan officers, and get a different rate from each of them. Right. That's why I brought that bread analogy, uh, because it's just like that. So people think that they can go to a different supermarket and get a different price. But the supermarket, the lender, does not determine pricing. The loan officer does. And because of that, 
you could literally go to one loan officer at any major bank. If they go to lunch, you get another loan officer, you will have a quote from them that translates to tens of thousands of dollars in your 30-year mortgage. And that's really what we're trying to solve. So we're talking about 6 million transactions that are leaving somewhere around $30,000 on the table when they're shopping. I'd just like to hear a little more about, uh, you know, what goes on inside your app. So what, what data are you scraping and how are you putting it together? I am the non-engineer. We have a uh, full-stack developer from Credit Suisse, and we ha- I have a PhD in data science guy who does the analytics. We use data, we use a predictive pricing by getting the data directly from the loan officer. That is the only way to tell what commission tier they've selected to offer the rate that they're offering. In order to get that, you either have to go to them or you have to have the predictive analytics work its way backwards and try to figure out what that LO is offering, which is what we do now. If somebody were just to approach this in a conventional way, does that mean that the loan officer can negotiate, I guess, the total cost of the loan based on the commission tier that they've selected? So when you say commission tier, I'm, I'm assuming that a loan officer can decide what they're going to charge for their fee when they're making a mortgage quote, and then that could also be flexible. Is that a correct assumption or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, if you wanna put this in an analog way, you're battling 400,000 quotes out there. It's almost like using Google and pressing, feeling lucky. You don't wanna leave that kind of transaction, the biggest transaction of your life on the line with luck. So in order to do that the analog way, you can try to argue and try to negotiate with a loan officer, but you have to do it one by one in your 45-day window of purchase agreement, which is literally impossible. That's why we bring that down to an app and do it on a single click. So when we spoke to you at the audition, you had a great success story. You had someone that used this to negotiate a rate. Can you tell us about that? We get a great success story every day, which is great. People usually find us through a lot of the uh, Medium, Reddit, or Quora, where we bring in organic search because this is a very high CAC, low LTV product. What does that mean? Which means customer acquisition cost is very high for this product. This is a top three keyword on Google. They make a lot of money from it. So uh, in order to advertise, you have to pay a lot of money, just like a lot of other lenders would. And then you have to recover that money from the borrower. That's why it gets expensive. So we're taking a different approach. We're trying to educate the public. And I'm here less of a pitch than a public announcement. (laughs) (laughs) Because what we want to do is really save uh, the economy $150 billion a year that they throw away. So your marketing strategy is to kind of fly onto publicly available uh, sites and have people find you through Reddit and some social media, avoid the high cost of advertising. So how can people find you then? So we have a website now that works and it's live. It's been live for a year and a half. Uh, we've done over $100 million in loans. Uh, it is under www.parlend.com, P-A-R-L-E-N-D, like lend. And you can go in there and uh, we, they call them tire kickers, you can go in there and just test it out, see what it, how it works. 
And so then does the consumer sign up with the website? I mean, how does, what is the process like for a consumer who wants to use your service? Consumer shows up, they're anonymous, no personal info. I don't know who you are. And they give us the parameters and they submit it. And instantly they reach thousands of uh, loan officers across every bank in U.S. It's that simple. And then can they say, uh, yeah, I don't really want to pay 5.5%. Find me something that's 3.5%, which <laughs> is ne- probably or never going to happen. Or the bank pays me. <laughs> but, but no, seriously, can, can you find me 5.25? Well, we're laughing about the zero, but we let people come in and ask for a zero. They can ask for whatever they want. The predictive pricing is going to bring them back to reality. It's going to show them real rates. So I had a quick success story. One of my really good friends who's Ivy League MBA did not understand this platform and believe in it. Just yesterday, he showed up looking for a house in New Jersey on it. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> so you know he's he has pay millions. High right? <laughs> taxes. And uh, his opinion right away was that, wow, this thing works. The best offer I had was 4.75. Now I can get a quarter less. That is the type of reaction most have when they understand how this thing works. So uh, when I think about getting a mortgage, it's fairly complex because, you know, there's 30-year fix, there's 15-year fix, there's 5-1 ARM and 7-1 ARM. And I also know that I can get a different quote if I'm really if I'm willing to pay a point or a point and a half up front. So that's all very complex. So how does that work in the app? We built some tools for that where you could say no points, you could say no closing cost. One of our secret sauces, which we have to get a patent for. Well, you've come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> that there's a balance between rate and closing cost. That inverse relationship is the key to be able to figure out. So could we use this to refinance as well or to get a line of credit on the mortgage that we have? You could do a refinance. You could do a purchase. If you're looking for a mortgage and if you, if you want to save money, this is the place. This is really great. I if I ever buy property again, I never move it again, I swear, but I will definitely check it out. We may use it to refinance at some point, though. So it is P-A-R-L-E-N-D dot com, right? That's right. So anyone who's in the market for any of these types of things should go check it out. Kevin Ansari with Parland.com. You're listening to WOR 710, Passage to Profit, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, and our special guest, Dennis Bone. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearhart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the 
world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. We've come to the end of our presentations this evening, and they were all great. They really were. It was quite a variety tonight, and that's really what makes this show so interesting, I think. You never know what you're going to get. And remember, everyone, you need to go to Passage to Profit at GearHeartLaw.com. That's G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W, and vote for your favorite project. So to summarize, George Garcia with Wheat Paste, the community building app, Barbara Gomes with Cuticle Be Gone, and Kevin Ansari with the mortgage shopping platform called Parland. So go to your phone or your desktop computer right now and Google Passage to Profit and make your choice. And remember, you can only vote once and you have until next Sunday at 7 p.m. to vote. This evening's pitch contestants will receive a Passage to Profit t-shirt and the best overall vote getter will receive an Amazon gift card, $25. (laughs) Well, we need to get one of these big banks that you know that sponsor us so, so we can bump it up to 50 grand. So maybe pay your Uber fare to get here or something, right? So, so, but before we sign off, we'd like to say thanks to everyone who participated today. And we really do enjoy hearing these pitches each week. So I'm going to add what I say every time. I don't vote. I want all of you to vote and get your friends to vote, but I can't ever pick a favorite because, honestly, everything that was presented today is something that I would personally use. And this is what I love about being in the entrepreneurial space is all the new ideas and people acting on them and implementing them and all the positive energy that goes into building the world every day. And our listeners are people who are interested in new ideas, interested in learning about new things. And the place to find that is on Passage to Profit. Dennis, uh, you've been with us. You've been a fantastic guest this evening. What are your parting thoughts? Well, I was uh, really impressed with all three of the pitches. Uh, I thought the problems they were solving were real problems, unique problems. I think they came up with some uh, very creative solutions. And, uh, and to me, I'll just reflect on that. That is the value of entrepreneurship and, and learning to be entrepreneurs and uh, because our economy and our society is going to be more and more entrepreneurial. And that makes it really special for ordinary people to come in and come up with an idea or a service that's really going to help a lot of other people. So true. So true. And we'd like to thank our producer, Noah Fleischman, and our engineer, Rob, and our media maven, Kenya Gibson, and the whole iHeart team. So please don't forget to join us next week for another excellent speaker, and you can start thinking about what your pitch will be. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on iHeart with Passage to Profit, WOR710, the voice of New York.